Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there will be no boundaries and just some, a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. In this episode, you will continue to learn a lot more about my journey and having the right, right money mindset and how that will help you to achieve financial success. Today, I'm joined by a long-term friend, marketing superstar, Jane Mackay, now turned Cash Talk co-host. Hey, Jane, Ooh. thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, John. It's exciting. Yeah, it's good to have been a bit of time between the last episode and this one, but great to get this back up and running and diving more into the money mindset. As you know, I've talked to you about before and for people that are my listeners, a lot about wealth creation and financial success has got a lot to do with above the shoulders. Um, and today we want to delve deeper into it. And Jane's going to help me, um, you know, really probe into how having the right money mindset can get you to financial freedom. Money mindset is such a juicy topic. It's something that we talk about, you and I talk about a lot. Uh, we hear about it in the media, we see it on our socials, but in terms of actual practicalities, uh, what does mindset mean to you in your business and your life? Yeah, so mindset in regards to money, business and life. Um, so in regards to money, it's really around the way that you interact with it, okay? So the way that you think about money really comes from where you've come from, okay? Money's usually taught at home, not at school. And so the way we interact with it comes from the values around that. So um, we really want to be making sure that we try and do our utmost to improve the money mindset, okay? And it can be improved, you know, like they, uh, you know, the brain is a muscle. We can exercise it, we can train it, okay? And most people aren't aware of that. Um, so we work very, very closely with our clients to have the right money mindset so they, they can interact with money on a daily basis much better, okay? And by doing that, create a higher probability of them achieving their financial outcomes, okay? Or their goals that they want to achieve. When it comes to business, very similar. You've got to have the right money mindset. Business is a roller coaster. You have good days and you have bad days. And for people in business, you'll probably know, you probably have more mistakes and failures than you've got success. So you need to be making sure that you've got a resilient mind. Come, You've got a mind focused on the vision that you're trying to achieve. Um, if you've got teams aligning them all with the same mindset and the same vision to be you to be able to achieve that. And then relating that to life. I'm the father of two young boys. Yeah, my life and my vision is for them to live a beautiful life and, and to you know, be a, have a family that is, is close. Um, we're able to you know, share our experiences together, a life of quality, not necessarily of money quality, not having the most fanciest cars or boats or having luxurious stuff. That's not what we want. It's more about having a life of time and quality, being able to share special moments and being there for the special times um, so really having the mindset to what you want, building a roadmap around that, and really then having laser-focused um, strategies to improve your mindset. So all in up, mindset, money, business, and life is a really around how you think and interact around them, okay? And what you can then do to try and change that. Mm, because we, 
we all grow up in different households, different situations. And for people my vintage, we mm -hmm. came through the recession. We've come through the GFC. And so this relationship with money and how it plays out every day can honestly be one of fear for people. And, and having that constant negative emotion around money, uh, how does that play out, out for people who are, who are looking to invest or, or, or grow their wealth? It yeah. can be tricky. Very much so. See, because these are ingrained with us for so many years, you've got that fear factor that kind of sits inside you. Um, I'll use, I also relate with my own story. So my grandparents came from Malta. They came with not much. Okay. So my grandmother's thought of putting her money into investments was just crazy. It was like the bank or nothing. Yeah. And so it was really around, um, her then teaching that to my mum. Okay. My mum then maybe having a little bit more risk because she wasn't in world war two. She was post world war two. So she didn't have that frightened fear that, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my house or I'm going to lose my livelihood to then us. Now that fear has gone through generations. You know, we're talking about two generations mm -hmm. and yet when I, before I got into finance, which is obviously a very young age, but I can still remember it was kind of scary. Everything I talked about when I thought about the stock market, I come from a family. It was like bricks and mortar or bank account. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this thing goes up and down. I look at the TV, there's red, green, red, green, red, green. And it just frightened me. Okay. Mm. But why was I able to break through that to be comfortable to make good decisions with my money when it comes to investing. And I'm not saying that people need to all invest in the stock market. It is not what I'm talking about. It's to break through those beliefs, those generational traits and values around money um, to feel comfortable that if I need to do that, I'm comfortable with doing that. And so really mine came around educating myself. Okay. Mine has been a long journey in regards to reading up on, you know, um, how I can improve that myself. Also, stepping out of the norm. Um, I hired myself a psychologist. Uh, I talk about my mental health uh, very openly. Um, I suffer with anxiety. I've had depression in the past. Um, I'll never say that I've overcome it, but I'm in a much better place than I was a few years ago. But I kept going to the psychologist. And Why? because he was showing me how I can improve my mind, how I can train this muscle mm. to become better. And Neuroplasticity. So that, it's real people. Correct. And then being able to Jane, then apply that with my wealth creation techniques and knowledge and merging those two together. It was breaking generational fear. Yeah. Mm. Generational fear to, things that if I told my mother what I was doing with my money, she'd probably fall off her chair. Okay. And that's cool. Um, you know, she maybe just doesn't want to go down that path and learn those things, but really it puts me in the box seat because I've got the education. Um, I've now got the tolerance to, mm. to take on the risks that I need to take on. Um, but there's ways to improve it, but just, it does take time. You know, everyone wants to have a six pack and look good for summer. We're recording this in September and, you know, we've got the smell of summer coming and everyone <laughs> wants to have beautiful, amazing bodies for the beach, but it takes time. 
you know, and that's the same when it comes to the money mindset. Um, you yeah. need to be making sure that you're giving yourself time and being aware that where it's come from for you mm. and acknowledging it, that it's going to take time. Yeah. So you're not going to be no nothing and then turn into Warren Buffett the next week. Yeah. Um, it's a journey. Okay. And, and it's funny because uh, I've had conversations with you about money mindset and I've had mm. conversations with other people about money mindset and there's legit fear around for some people to even check their bank account. So mm. how, what are the steps that people can take to overcome those fears in a practical way? Yeah. So if we're looking at the, if we're, if we're scared to look at the bank account, I would probably imagine that they, they just don't really like where they're at. Okay. Mm. And I think setting the expectation of it's okay to be where you are. And after doing this or being involved for 18 years um, now, I've seen a dog's breakfast of finances <laughs> be improved to amazing situations. And so if you want to improve your money situation, I think the first thing is you just need to acknowledge you are where you are. Yeah. Um, you are, you are, you are. No Being one else scared is... of it's not going to get you any, there any faster. You've got to face it. Yeah. You are where you are. So open that bank account and have a look at it. And it might look like rubbish. You've got credit card debts all over the place. You've got personal loans. You're finding yourself drowning. Okay. First things first, what are we going to do to fix that? Well, first things first is we need clarity of the roadmap to get you out of there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, that's not just reading Barefoot Investor and, and, and downloading a whole lot of free stuff. It's actual proper stuff. Correct. How am I, I don't get know out? anything about, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm rubbing off on, on you over these years. But the gist of the story is, is that we need to build a roadmap. If you're looking at it very scared of your finances, looking at it and you're in a horrible spot, um, let's plot it out. And it's not about necessarily plotting it out five, 10 years, 20 years and having these long-term goals. Let's, let's stick very granular. What are we going to do in the next week to improve our situation? Okay. I'm going to allocate, for example, um, an extra $100 a week into that credit card. Just going to do it. Going to put it on autopilot and I'm going to do it. And start there. Next week. Okay. We've now done 100. Let's try and up it. And we built progress over perfection. Yeah. Building, building, building. And do it incremental. Now, I do recommend when people are in that though, that... I usually prescribe this to a lot of people and I'm happy for people if they're listening to this to reach out. I'm happy to share it with you. It's called the time traveler questionnaire. So once you've worked on your weeklies and your monthlies, okay, you really want to take yourself to a position in 20, 30 years from now. Okay. So once we work granular, we want to take 20, 30 years from now and we want to imagine you're sitting on the, on, on, on the front porch and you're reflecting on your hero story. Now, you can have fun with this. It always comes back to Marvel when you're talking to John. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your hero story and write it to yourself. You know, oh, I lived a beautiful life. We paid off the house. You know, we were able to retire early. We, you know, have three beautiful children and grandchildren. 
it's your story. No one's going to ruin it. And, it, it. and all the story ends up, you live happily ever after. But then grab that and put that up somewhere. Mm. Slowly, slowly, incrementally, you will psychologically work your way to there. And okay. did you know you're 42% more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down? So Correct them on though. Correct them on though. So you develop, that's just a small little baby step strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I see a lot is people like, there's so much information around money out there. Mm-hmm. So much. Do this, read the Barefoot Investor. Mm-hmm. I, jump on Google. Jump on Google. What jump am I on doing? Instagram, like, jump on socials. And it feels so like you're being people. sold a new course or a new thing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all trying to improve our money situations. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know many people unless you're a, mm-hmm. some incredible... Even altruism yeah. can come from having more, more money you have, the more you have to share with people who need it, blah blah So to, how do you dial down that incredible overload of information that we, sh- we really do experience in pretty much every area of our lives at the moment? So mm. how do you... How can you distill that in a way? Like if you were to go out and go, right, do this one thing tomorrow mm-hmm. to, to sort of cut through all the info that's out there because we're just overwhelmed. Well, when it comes to money, it's the worst actually ever. Yeah. And let, let me just paint the money picture. Money and for dieting. <laughs> yeah. Just like let's, let's paint the picture. You, you wake up in the morning. You, back in the day, you used to grab the paper, plastered all over the newspaper is fear and greed. Okay. Because that's what media is designed to sell advertising space, people, and they play on our fear. And even if you're not invested in the market or in the property market, stock market, whatever, you always think about, is that fear or greed factor affecting my money? How? Small percentage, big percentage. Chuck on the news. We don't need to talk about what's in the news, yeah? (laughs) Uh, But exactly the same thing. And and it's just, just if you think about it, like... When you talk about the stock market, just as an example, when the stock market drops by, say, 1% or 2%, it is all over the news, like literally all over the news. Stock market crashing means the worst for you. You know, it's, that's what they're pretty mm. much saying. And, and if you can picture it, it's blood red, like intentionally. It's like mm. blood mm. red, fear, 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 fear. Green means go, red means stop. Correct. Yeah. And so there's this, there's this thing. So actually the first thing to do is step away from the noise. Stop Googling. Stop going into the news and looking at areas where you think that you are going to be influenced from the wrong information. Hmm. Now, also, there's a lot of different channels where this happens. Now, that's very traditional. We're talking about podcasts that we're on today. We're talking about YouTube. We're talking about social media. What you need to start doing is aligning yourself to people, okay, where you see that they've got similar values that are aligned to you, okay? And then from that, you then need to see what are they actually talking about. And what I mean by that is who's the person? There is so much unlicensed money advice going out of there. Yeah. yeah? Unlicensed. Yeah. Are you going to trust your financial future on someone who can't be kept accountable to that? Now, I don't know about you, but I fear, yeah, 
my sons going and get medical advice from their plumbers. <laughs> okay. Fair, fair call. So we need to make sure that not only are we not listening to the news and stuff like that about this money stuff, because they're trying to sell papers and media coverage, but we're also listening to the right people about the right stuff. You get your, you get your light, you get your electrical done by your electrician. You get your tax done by your accountant. You get, you, you get represented in the court by your barrister. We want to be making sure that we're represented by the right people. So align yourself with the right people, get them around you. Then, the other thing you need to do, I think is as well too, is, so, so sorry, you, you block out the noise, too much information. You want to then start listening to these sources and then start saying to yourself, okay, from these sources, how can I improve my knowledge? Now, my tips to you is that the, the secrets of success are not breadcrumbs. They're out there. I can recommend you guys some great books. The Psychology of Money was a recent one that I've done. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a very popular book. Guys, go work your way up. By the time you get into advanced or into expert mode, go and read The Intelligent Investor. Warren Buffett recommends this book as the Bible of finance, and I, I highly recommend it. Um, then start to learn around money properly. Like I said, these aren't just small breadcrumbs. These are books of proper information. I was having a great conversation with a client the other day and he's just like about this whole COVID scenario. He's like, I don't understand why people are, you know, getting their facts from uh, the news or the media or social media. Why don't they go to medical journals? Mm. Guys, same with money. Yeah. There's a lot of proper research done by very, very well-respected people. And if you want to do that, get the information from the right sources. Now I know me and my team, okay, we really try to hone in and tell our clients exactly what they need to hear, okay? Um, at the moment, very topical, the Chinese Evergrande uh, group, um, there's a massive, they've got a massive debt that they've defaulted on. Um, what does that mean to them? Is it affecting them? How is it going to affect? Not the rubbish that sits around that, which is at the moment in the news, this is the next GFC. We are going, this is going to send the world into, you know, uh, into free fall. Mm, yeah, that's probably worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, let's, let's work through that. Okay. So yeah. if information overload. And I think the other one as well too, is this information overload causes something else for the mind. Analysis paralysis. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, just remember, we all have biases, okay? And if you think something to be true, you'll find facts to make that true, especially in today's day and age where we're in information. If you typed in the next best investment for your kids, you could have 30,000 different options, okay? Just remember, analysis paralysis also means that you're usually either standing still, yeah? or you're trying to form uh, facts around your own internal views that may be wrong. Conscious bias. Correct them on yeah. that. Yeah. So in terms of the common symptoms or myths that you see in your beautiful clients um, who haven't necessarily received positive wealth education through their upbringing, I know I'm one of them, um, <laughs> What do you see? Like, 
with people with their poor money mindset? What are the symptoms that you see? People trying to fix it, but not really making headway. And uh, it just, just ends up in sadness and frustration. Yeah. And I'm sure you see it every day. Yeah, I do, unfortunately. And it's just because a lot of these, a lot of these things come from 20, 30, 40 years of upbringing in, a, in an environment that they don't know is wrong. Yeah, it's like, not their fault. It's not their it's, fault. It's not our fault. Yeah. It's, it's not. I'll, maybe let me reframe it in another way, okay? Mm. To make it, for the, for the listeners that are on here that come from, say, the middle class of Australia, okay? There's not a lot of, um, we haven't been on bad times. So it's like, if you think about some of the poor things that we've been taught is you'll always make money in property. Always. Mm-hmm. Now I can tell you, there's been many clients that I can tell you that don't make money in property. I can point one, for it's example, right now. Long-term strategy. Correct. Um, I, I know a client spent $600,000 on a property. It's worth $250,000 today. Ooh. You know, um, clients that have bought absolute horrendous investments, stocks, property, um, that have made them horrible money on the back of these poor money mindsets that have been developed over time. So for example, when you look into the stock market, there's people that honestly believe that you shouldn't be investing in international equities or international stocks. It should just be Australian. Now where that comes from baffles me. Okay. Um, Same with property. Okay. So you're walking into those things. You're also, for example, people that will, regardless of what's going on, just put their money into term deposits. Okay. Mm. The term deposits, as we're currently speaking, are producing about 03 to 0.4% oh interest on a term deposit. Because it's that funny because is... that's what we all get told to do. Correct. You spare 5K, throw it in a term deposit. Now, it's right for some, but it's not right for others, yeah? Mm-hmm. But all a lot of these things, like if you think about the person that was doing tw- a d- term deposits, say, 10 years ago even, mm. they were doing term deposits at 6 7%. Now, that's a totally different environment. Sometimes the mindsets need to change and they don't. But onto my other way of framing this. I, what I call my clients that are financially free, they're in the point that they are at wanting to move to abundance. Where financial freedom, guys, is when you own your home outright, you've got passive income beyond your lifestyle requirements. So essentially, if you're working, you're working because you want to, not because you have to. Okay. Abundance and passive is... income. Can mm-hmm. I just pull you back to that point? Passive mm-hmm. income for those of us in small business, because mm-hmm. a lot of your clients are, mm-hmm. we think of that as our business generating money. Tell me about passive income in terms of it, how it works in the world of financial advice. Yeah. So we're talk- when we're talking about passive income, we're literally talking about you opening up your bank account and you've got dividends streaming through, you've got interest payments streaming through, you've got um, rental income streaming through. We're literally talking about income coming through with no personal exertion. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about you not having to rock proper up Proper passive income. Proper passive income. <laughs> yeah. And we work, yes, with a lot of small businesses about converting profit into personal wealth. And I think that's, a key difference for a lot of business owners that they try need to overcome. They think that this profit and just staying in the business and not converting it to passive in, a passive a personal wealth, well, you're not actually creating passive income by doing that. But I reckon that's probably a whole nother episode. <laughs> but going back to wealth. So let's just go back to these clients that are financially free. They're 
some of them are in abundance. Now, abundance is you've got more than what you need. You're looking to give wealth, give um, back to the community. So we're talking about, you know, I refer to it as like the Leonardo DiCaprio stage where he's kind of won the Oscars. He's, he's, you know, one of the best actors going around at the moment, but he's off trying to save the Great Barrier Reef. Like every time I'm following him, he's got a new cause. He's trying to save the planet. He's trying to save the animals. That's his abundance. He's that self-actualization. He wants to be left at this world with Leonardo DiCaprio's legacy. These are the clients that I'm talking about at this kind of legacy spot. Now, when these clients come to see me, what they're actually saying to me is, John, yes, I want you to take care of my money. I want you to manage my money so that it does what it needs to do for me and my family. But a part of that, you know, John, is around the education of money, of my kids, my grandkids, sometimes great-grandchildren. And so we work with our clients on having the right money mindset ingrained into their mm. children and their grandchildren. Because then you're, you're changing the financial legacy for their family for the rest of time. Correct. Which is mind-blowing. And if we can get this into the younger generation as early as possible, these bad habits, this poor money mindset, the way that they interact with money, if we can get it so young, mm. it's time becomes our best friend. And that's not to say that people in their 40s, 50s or 60s or whatever can't do it. They can, but it's just much, it's much easier and more effective to do it younger. I was listening to a, um, I was listening to an audio book around Warren Buffett's wealth. Yeah. And just for people that know Warren Buffett's worth about a hundred billion dollars to put it in perspective, he might be a couple of bill here and there. Yeah. But he started investing when he was 11. Now he doesn't come out and say this as often as he should. Mm. And people recognize him as the great investor. But I would say he's the best at staying invested. Mm. So it's time became his best friend. He's 90, I think he's about 91 years of age. Yeah. yeah. 80 years of investing. 80 years of interest earned. Capital you know, compounding interest. Yeah. He's used that, used those fundamental good money techniques from a very, very young age. And I'm not saying to go out and grab your 10-year-old's money and throw it into the stock market and become the next Warren Buffett. No, he just, from a very early age, started to really train himself around having the money mindset. And these days, back when he started, it was probably much harder. These days, you do have a lot of people that have learned from the successes of him, people before him and people before him, yeah, mm. to streamline that into a very much quicker process to download that information mm. or in my case outsource it yes. <laughs> and that's it and like this is where it goes into it like let's be honest not everyone has the time we're all time poor no one's yeah. got the top not no one a lot of people don't have the time to go do all this yeah and, and this I, is, all the interest i'm sorry the, john but i don't find talking about money particularly inspiring because like if you when i get in the car and I listen to the radio because i am that old um and they're talking about the, like the the reserve bank is doing this and blah 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 blah, and trying to stay across all of that and i'm like what does that mean? like what's going to happen with my mortgage i have no idea and i just go 
I just want to close it out because mm -hmm. it, again, it's that it's not just the overwhelming amount of information. As you said, I don't have time. Yeah, and I think I think I think that's the biggest one. So like, you know, you could have the greatest roadmap out there. You could, you know, stop all the noise, block it all up, block it all out. But then if you don't allocate the time to it, it really does fall apart. And I use the analogy with a lot of people around like, let's just say you want a fruitful tree, yeah? You're out there with your kids and you plant the seed and it's very exciting. You water it for the first day, for the next week, you're all excited to get out there, you're watering it. And then after a week, it goes from daily watering to once a week. <laughs> then, oh shit, I haven't oh, watered it in two months. Oh, yeah, and died. then all of a sudden, yeah, something happens, you walk into a, an autumn or whatever, or a bad weather day and you look out there and your tree's dead or you're not even a tree. It's a seedling. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's and, the same with money. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's always excited. They're about to change the world. They're going to be financially free. And then life gets in the way. Mm. But what happens though, if you don't allocate enough time is you wake up a 65 year old broke person having to work to your 75 to and this is the reality, yeah? There's, we're not going to have social security the way we're going to now. Um, cost of living is going up. You know, uh, there was a stat I was hearing before that I think it was like 60% of Australians, um, you know, won't have enough to fund retirement at the moment. Oh, my God. I want to go and live on a cruise ship, though. <laughs> so if you don't have enough enough time, and because you've you know, got two or three kids and, you know, you'd rather do other things, let's be honest, yeah. What do you do? Well, the reality is, is that there's really good financial advisors out there that are qualified. So that's not, not getting junk information. Yeah. Qualified to help you through the journey. Now, it doesn't need to be me. I've got a lot of friends that are in the industry that are great individuals when it comes to financial advice. And I think the advice world has been rightly so um, changed yeah it's a very very professional industry at the moment that was once 10 years ago let's talk openly it was product selling yeah it was how quickly could we get you into an insurance product or a super product and when i say we i talk about the industry my values for people that have been listening to me i used to butt heads with it i probably butted heads and was more of a whistleblower than anything but to see where the state of the industry is now where it's strategic goal-based you know really accountable um, you know, education-based advice. It, it warms me that I'm a part of this industry. Yeah. Um, I just hope that people continue to get access to it. So uh, one of my big values, and obviously, Jane, I've been speaking to you a lot about that, is improving the financial literacy of all Australians. And this yeah. goes back to money mindset. My hope is that through the technology and the platforms that we've got available that I can get greater access to the people that can't access advice. Okay. And be able to help them improve their money mindset and their education levels to help improve. Because I think that in Australia, we're very, very fortunate that we are still the land of opportunity. We are able to do what we want to do. And I just want that to stay there for my kids and my grandkids and whatnot. And what that means is that this massive middle class that we've grown up in, I want it to stay like that. I don't want to see Australia of these mega rich and mega poor, which unfortunately I see happening every day that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. So hopefully with education, my book coming out next year, continuing to put more social, uh, more, uh, do more on socials, this podcast, 
I'm able to really help people improve their money mindset and really improve the education for them, their kids, their grandkids, and anyone that can listen or watch. So you touched on an interesting point there in terms of accountability. Mm -hmm. So how important do you reckon is accountability in helping develop a, a healthy money mindset and, and easing the stress of, of money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's crucial. Um, you know, uh, what you, first you've got to figure out what game are you playing here? Yeah, and what I mean by that is, Jane, are me and my wife, do we want to play tennis just at the local courts? and try and win against each other? Like, what game are we playing? Are we trying to go against and win the doubles in Wimbledon? Like, Now, when it comes to money, most people want Wimbledon, yeah? Mm. They want to be there and go, yeah, awesome. Look at us. We're traveling six months a year around the world. We've retired. On a cruise at the ship. Eight, on a cruise <laughs> ship. You know, we've, we've retired early. We've got deposits for our kids. We've got all of these amazing, big, audacious goals, yeah? So we first need to figure out what game we're playing. Okay. Mm. If you're playing the local courts, you probably don't need accountability. But guess what? You're probably going to stay at the courts. Mm. Okay. If you want to win Wimbledon, or, or my listeners uh, want to win Wimbledon, you've got to get a coach. You've got to have someone that's looking around corners you can't see and then keeping you accountable to the plan. Because guess what happens? You've got full intentions that you're going to do all the right things. And then the market crashes. You hear the news. You watch Instagram. You listen to this person. You listen to this podcast and it's doom and gloom and the world's coming to the end. And what happens? Most people with the full intention of doing the right thing in the middle of a market sell out. And that puts them back about 15 years. Oh, ouch. So when the crash of COVID happened, people were panicking. And what was I doing? Keeping my clients accountable to sticking to the plan. Mm, because okay. you can't, you can't, it's a long-term game, money. Mm -hmm. Let's be realistic. And you can't bail out at the first wobble. It, exactly. Like, you're, you're in this for the marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm. It's a marathon. And the thing is, is that I don't know when the next market crash is going to happen. No one knows. Yeah? No one knows what's going to happen. But I remember saying to my wife when the crash was happening, I'm like, this feels very weird, babe. But look... I don't feel concerned or I don't feel like worried. And, and we're just to paint the picture, guys. I started in 2003. So I remember like the Iraq war was very much exposed, exposed to the global financial crisis. And, but just as I've got, be, like, got more experience and more knowledge and become better at it, I've become more comfortable. So when I'm walking into a crash with 17, 18 years of money experience that I do daily, I'm sitting there going... To myself, like, not what everyone's worried about doesn't probably sound right, but like, I'm weirdly comfortable with this. Now, if I'm really weirdly comfortable with this, that means that I'm level headed. That means that if I'm keeping you accountable, Jane, for example, mm. the emotion's taken away. Yeah, interesting. Because this is such a key part of money mindset is the emotion. 
Correct. And so we want to get you to the spot. I was only speaking to a client maybe 48 hours ago about what, where we want to get them mentally. Where do we want to get them from a mindset perspective? Yeah. Mm. And it's around understanding, being highly educated around decision-making around money. Now, if you saw it of this whole topic that we've been talking about today, we haven't been talking about the difference between Australian super and rest super. We haven't been talking about the difference between income protection policies and all that. 90% of game-changing experience happens in three things. Having the right money mindset, having a real roadmap that you're accountable to, yeah, and having simple strategies that you can execute on. Mm. And getting those right you are well on your way to achieving financial freedom. Now, if you've got someone keeping you then accountable to that and making sure that's continuing to happen, the results are amazing. Amazing. And I can tell you that firsthand because there's hundreds and hundreds of clients that this has been done for and it's results day after day after day after day. And in, in all weathers, okay? We're mm. talking about in... North Korea threatening that they're going to shoot a nuke, yeah, to Trump getting into power, going out of power, the whole Trump effect happening, global financial crisis, COVID. This is all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What's, your, what's the number one thing you recommend people do today, right now, after listening to this, to help with their money mindset, their financial situation? Um. For people that are scared, face it, mm. okay? I was scared to see a psychologist at the start. You know, I was scared to face my fears, okay? We need to try and face them. And the reality is, is that like the time traveler questionnaire, the week by week techniques, they're going to help. Mm. For the people that are excited about their future, okay, and can't wait to achieve financial success i would say these people are in like a growth phase one of the symptoms that are common that is common for these guys is that they're growing but are they growing in the right way so for the first group it's literally writing it down week by week facing the fear and knowing that in most cases you are going to achieve amazing results most people overestimate what they can achieve in 12 months, but underestimate what they can achieve in 12 years. Mm. For the second group, the growth people that are excited, we need to be making sure that we have a real roadmap, okay? And then from that, we need to say, okay, well, what areas can we improve on? And will accountability from a professional take me to the next level? And are, am I overloaded or am I going down the wrong way by the information that I'm gathering? And are these being collated by the values that are maybe wrong from mm. generations before me? And do I have the time to execute? Which is unfortunately <laughs> very, very, very common. Which is when we call you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, that was very good, uh, Jane, having you on for the first time as co-host. I really appreciate you um, jumping on. And um, for all the listeners out there, I hope you got a lot out, out of today. We'll be diving more into money mindset along the way and a lot more around my journey. Uh, if you don't follow me on socials, jump on to Instagram. Uh, my handle is at the John Kasher, uh, which is T-H-E 
J-O-H-N-C-A-C-H-I-A. Um, and you'll be able to direct message me. You'll be able to follow my content that I'm putting on, on there as well. It's a lot of educational stuff as well. Um, jump onto our website at afagroupwealth.com.au. And if you want to have any questions, just reach out. I uh, do have a passion about helping as many people as I can. I do apologize if I don't get back to you straight away, but I will. Um, but thank you for jumping on. Hopefully you've enjoyed it and look forward to, uh, uh, look forward to the next uh, podcast with Jane Mackay. Thank you. Thanks, John.